Welcome to the Genealogy Happy Hour, a place where new family historians can learn to document their family histories and celebrate their new discoveries. I'm Amy. And I'm Penny. And we're here to help you discover your family tree from the beginning. Welcome to episode 88. In this episode, we are going to talk about properly documenting kinships. Which is so important, even though that's not the most um, glamorous. <laughs> it is not, but it's super important. Super important. And I'm sure that you will give this episode a much snazzier um, title. We'll, but we'll try. That's what, the, that's what we're going to be talking about today, because it's super important. Uh, I, for over 12 years now, I've been involved in reviewing Lineage Society papers and Pioneer Certification Program applications, and numerous applicants don't have the correct documentation or even an, or enough documentation to prove those relationships, those kinship relationships, parent to child. Yeah, I bet you have some stories to tell. Well, you know, I just I got one the other day, and I'm like, how are you related to this person? I'm like, oh, no, it's the grandfather. It's the father of my last, the last, my last patriot that I put in for, for the Revolutionary War. And I'm like, but this person was born 10 years after the person you're saying is their child. So how can that be? But, you know, they, they found it on... Uh, I don't know. Uh, a tree? An online tree? <laughs> I don't know. You know? Um, yeah. So we need to make sure um, as, you know, new genealogists that we are properly documenting all these individuals uh, in our family and that we are making sure that we do have the best genealogical evidence. We analyze it for um, cooperation of the data and... We make sure that we were able to explain um, any discrepancies that we find in the data. Right. So how do we do that? I don't know, but we have to talk about wine first. Oh, we have to talk about wine first? <laughs> you like jumped I right forgot. in. I forgot. All right. <laughs> how could you? Do you have wine, Penny? I do have a wine. This is so important. We're that staying I just really need to talk about it right now. <laughs> I see that. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to talk about wine because that's important to me. Um <laughs> The wine today is also from Italy, as was our last Ooh. one in our last episode, but I'm going back to white. Okay. That's my preferred. And this one is a San Giuseppe <clears throat> Pinot Grigio. And it has, from, I've searched and searched for a good description of this wine. I like it. Mm-hmm. You it's like good. it? I do like We've it. We've been drinking yes. it here. Yes. Um, so, what's it's, the description? It's The, the <laughs> description is. A floral aroma, it's, mm-hmm. and it's a dry. Mm-hmm. It's it's a dry. It's good. Um, pair it with a spicy Asian or plain chicken salad. Plain chicken, <laughs> sa- plain chicken salad. <laughs> Either a spicy Asian or plain, plain chicken, chicken salad. That's hmm. yeah. Okay. Probably the probably one of the worst descriptions. I've read. <laughs> That's terrible. Um, but I do like this wine, and I, I would like buy it, it again. Uh, absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. So we need to come up with a better description. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> does somewhere. That one is not good. All right. The sponsor of today's episode of Genealogy Happy Hour is Newspapers.com, the largest online newspaper archive. Newspapers.com is your ultimate resource for discovering your family's history. Explore more than 800 million newspaper pages in their vast collection spanning three centuries. 
Newspapers.com is your gateway to exploring the past with papers from the U.S., U.K., Canada, Australia, and beyond. Trace your family's journey and uncover the extraordinary tales of your ancestors through newspaper stories, birth and marriage announcements, obituaries, photos, and much more. For listeners of today's show, Newspapers.com is extending a discount of 20% off on a Publisher Extra subscription. Just use the code HAPPYHOUR at checkout. Don't miss out on this incredible opportunity. To prove kinships. How do we do it, Amy? You know how we do this. <laughs> well, I do know one thing is when you have a document, yes. you really need to spend some time with it. Absolutely. Because I think it's very easy to look at a document and go, oh, names, parents' names, there's the date. And then off off you go running, and there could be a lot in there. And we've talked about this in other ones to really dissect right. a document before you tear off. And don't the assume, hill. don't make assumptions, mm. don't make assumptions. Well, um, Elizabeth Shone Mills in her um, book Evidence Explains, Evidence Explained, on page twenty four and twenty five, she kind of goes over. Um, the first step in analyzing the documents or the data that you're getting, and um, you know, obviously, um, you know, original sources, um, usually I should say, not always, but usually original sources, um, that is material that um, is in its first oral or written form with primary information, which would be details provided by someone with firsthand knowledge of the event or the information on the record. And that it has direct evidence. It has information that seems to directly answer the research question. So a birth certificate, for example, would be, um, it's an original government document that was created by the doctor or the midwife who witnessed the event uh, with information provided, um, usually by the mother, that directly answers the question of date of birth, place of birth, and parents' names. So, um... And when I say original document, original source, um, that document can be a photocopy of the original document. <clears throat> it doesn't have to be, you don't have to have the actual original in your hands, um, but at least a photocopy of that. But not every document or piece of information um, is seemingly uh, as clear cut as the birth certificate. Um, and in fact, even birth certificates can be deceptive um, as DNA is now proving. It's so true. But that's for a whole nother podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go with what we got on the paper. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, um, but most often family researchers are using multiple documents with both um, original and derivative sources that contain primary and or secondary information, and they can contain both direct and indirect evidence. So um, we've got to analyze all of that as we're even looking in one, in one document mm-hmm. for what, um, you know, and then how long, how long since the event was that document created? Um, I was looking at my mother's birth certificate, and um, it was hers was was um, recorded. I think maybe two months after she was born. So to me, that it does not say on the birth certificate, but she was most likely born at home mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it took a while for that birth to be recorded. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we have um, births that are not recorded until many, many years after right. the fact. A so delayed you, birth certificate. Correct. I've got one of those in my family. Right. So we need but to look. Yeah. I'll tell you the plus on that one, and I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. I've mentioned this before because I just think mm-hmm. it's such a cool fact, is <clears throat> when that one came out, the mother was still living, 
and provided her yep. actual name, which is Wealthy Susan Chandler right. Stevens' kid, <laughs> rather than just Susan, right. which probably would have been on the original birth certificate if that was there. So, right. And that, that corroborated her birth certificate with the W.S. Chandler. Right. So there you go. Exactly yeah. right. So again, we're using multiple documents to make sure that we do have the right person and um, that all the information is is matching um you know my father's birth certificate i was just looking at that one today and uh, there's there's um, a piece of information there that i i i don't know where it came from it seems wrong i mean my father's a twin so um he was the second twin born um but he had two older he had he had a twin sister and then he had an older sister but yet it says he's the fourth child born with oh, four children still living, and his twin sister says the third, with three still living. Hmm. I know. But when I go to <laughs> their older sister's birth certificate, it's the first child. So huh. I don't know if the doctor got confused. There was there... no there's no other birth no certificates other. that, yeah, there's nothing. It's a mystery. Well, my grandfather was on his birth certificate as a completely different name than what mm, is his name. Right. And we yeah. have an affidavit attached that to it. That changed it. That changed it, yeah. said this was not the name we gave our child. I've run into that too, um, yeah. and it's causing quite a bit of, of um, consternation in, uh-huh. in Germany over a, a person who was born in, in um, Chicago, and they went by a completely different name. And, um, yeah, but it's clearly the same person. Yeah. You know, there, yeah. was, they, there were not two, two, yeah. two people. Yeah. So, yes. But again, if you're researching that, if somebody else was researching my grandfather, they're not going to find his birth certificate because right. it's a different name. It's a completely different name. Right. Only, uh, only if you know you've got that affidavit that you know says that they're swearing that this is right. not his name and this is his name and... Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that affidavit, you should be able to find that affidavit you should, you in, the in the courthouse. In the court. Yeah, in the courthouse. And we'll get to all right, we'll yeah. get to that. Well, if we don't have an original source, we don't have primary information, we don't have direct evidence. Sometimes we have a derivative source, which means it's material that's produced by copying an original or manipulating its content. So for instance, a lot of times we will see when we're searching online um, an index or a transcript, which is a transcript of the information that's held by the vital records department. Secondary information um, is details provided by someone with secondhand or more distant information. So for instance, information that we would get in an obituary. Uh, we don't know who sent that information in. Um, clearly it wasn't the decedent, but um, it didn't any information about their birth, their parents, we don't know where that information came from. So um, another would be, you know, a grandchild's recollection. You know, your grandparent is writing down about their grandparents. Um, You know, that's after the fact. Um, They're only being possibly remembering what they were told by their parents. So that's secondary information. And then indirect evidence is information that doesn't directly address the research question. So let's say a death index stating that the approximate year of birth was, you know, based on the age at death. So that's an indirect, that's indirect evidence of about the time that they were, they were born mm-hmm. or where they were born. Um, or an obituary, obituary stating how old they were at the time of death. Um, but uh, most so the most data that we find is a combination. The classic example is the death certificate, 
right? Where you've got um, both primary information and secondary information. Who's the, right, the doctor who's mm -hmm. giving that information, mm -hmm. and then whoever is the informant and at the bottom. Correct. And then the, the, the uh, primary information would be for um, the death, but the secondary information is for the birth, because mm -hmm. the people who are, unless there are some instances where you have a parent giving information about a child's death, but other than that, it's usually a spouse or a child giving information about their parent mm -hmm. on the death certificate. They weren't there for the birth, they're only you know they're already they're just saying recording what they've been told what they've known right 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 um, many mm -hmm. times you'll have a spouse who is giving the parents information and they're actually giving perhaps a step parent as because that's the only person that they've known as the parent and that can be very misleading absolutely so it's a great exercise to go through your documents make sure that you have enough documentation and um, that it is that there are everything is that there are no conflicts within that documentation. So don't stop at just the birth certificate, let's say. Um, or if you've been researching online, do you actually have the document or are you just using an index? Um, if you're just using an index, are you able to get a copy or at least a genealogical and copy? And how many documents, if you are using indirect, do you think is a, a good number to? Make sure you've got the right date or whatever information well, is that according you're, to, you're doing. Um, you know, if we're good for if we're doing good um, genealogical research, we're supposed to be doing exhaustive research. So that means birth certificate, marriage record, death certificate, obituary, censuses, probate, Bible records, SS five, if they died um, after uh, 1936. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. how many is that? That's quite, quite a, bit. a bit. That's quite a bit. Yeah. And this is just to prove um, birth parents okay birth parents yeah so um, get everything you can <laughs> correct yeah marriage record um, because again you know those birth certificates um you know they can have mistakes like you said mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. you had um a family member who's the um name is completely mm -hmm. wrong or parents name is messed up i i've seen one where they had the wrong gender on the birth certificate <laughs> and the wrong name it's like I, the father was like expecting it to be a boy the baby to be a boy and it wasn't yeah. and they just kind of rolled with it wow <laughs> so <laughs> it causes a lot of crime problems That's, so that would be a problem um, for sure so let's say you know and of course we all know that at some point not too um distantly in the past birth certificates were not even a thing you know they didn't really even come into existence uh, and were unified throughout the United States as being required until the 1920s. So, right. you know, that's only 100 years ago. Prior to that, it's going to be sporadic. That's and it. usually at the county level, if it's available. You people who are researching in New England, y'all are lucky because you've got little towns who have birth records going back. Great records. Great records going back centuries. Yeah. Uh, the rest of us? But us down the South and, yeah, in the Midwest, you know, Good in the wilderness. Correct. <laughs> But marriage records are, are, are great um, going back into the 19th century um, because, again, you're always going to be able to, <clears throat> you should always, almost always be able to find a marriage record. Obviously, when you get out on the plane, sometimes those are were not filed. But it's the marriages that's all about property 
transfer, and so those things mm-hmm. are going to be recorded someplace. I or like another. the ones that have the inf- the extra information, like Correct. the parents or yes. like birthdays or something, right. something other than the ones that just drive me batty or just a certificate. This is the guy's name. This mm-hmm. is the girl's <clears throat> name. Sign with an X. Yeah. Done. Right. I like, know. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I can't even prove that's actually the couple Correct. I'm looking for. Yep. Exactly right. Exactly right. You've got to have other information later on. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have parents' names on it. But the some of them are wonderful. You know, you really be, need to be looking for the marriage license or application. Sometimes those are in two different formats. They're two different. I mean, down here, for instance, in Florida, um, the applications are kept in a different location. They're separate from the certificate. Mm-hmm. Application can be filed but then or applied for, filled out, but then never brought back the return was never returned so the marriage is never recorded as being um, ever being performed so those licenses or applications are like you said have all the wonderful genealogical information parents names and all that so those are what we need to be looking for death certificates again do you have an index or do you have the actual document if you have the index go get the actual document because and and don't ask for just the, the transcribed one uh, many times when you you send off, especially if you do the online stuff, they you'll just get a printed computer transcript of the information that's in on file. But what you want is the actual photocopy of what was filed, mm-hmm. because there can be two different things there. Like you, you know, like I was saying, you know, if I had just had my dad's birth certificate, um, it just it doesn't, or my birth certificate doesn't say how if I'm the first or the third child. Mm-hmm. You know, and I wouldn't know that there's a conflict there if I hadn't got the actual physical yeah print, uh, photocopy of it. So there can be a lot of information there that you're missing yeah. out if you don't get it. I feel like I need to go back through some of these birth <clears throat> certificates I've got just to, <laughs> just to see for fun, like what is on there that maybe I miss. For example, yeah, if you order one from Ohio, um, you can, it will just come and it will say this person was born in Ohio, this is their certificate number, the date of birth, their name, their parents' names, their mother's maiden name, and where the parents were born. Mm-hmm. But if you get the actual photocopy, it will say where they were living, what their occupation, the parents' occupation was, was um the number of that the, ch- the child you know the number of births birth you know the birth yeah. order was it legitimate you know all of those lots of other stuff going on there the the town the city you know the county all of that so um a lot more stuff there obituaries i mean those often name parents that's going to be just an, an affirmation. It's going to be just corroborating what's already on mm-hmm. those documents that you have. Because, again, we said it's secondary information. We don't know who, who provided it. I am always sad when they don't list parents, though. I like, know. Wouldn't you just have gone the extra step right? and said child, uh, daughter of, or yeah. son of, right. like, or just or even just, if they're not living, right. you know. Or just say, and, and 20 grand, grandchildren. You're like, yeah. can you not just list the grandkids? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it's 20, but still. I need all the names. I need all the names, right? (laughs) Yeah. Or, yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on in those obituaries, (laughs) for sure. You know, that's funny. When I just had a thought when you're talking about the obituaries with everybody's name listed. Right. Um, We're always thinking about our privacy and, Mm -hmm. you know... All this stuff is out. People do that. Put that. Mm-hmm. We'll put everybody's name yeah. in the yeah. obituary, um, children's names mm-hmm. and stuff. And I know mm-hmm. a lot of parents don't like that. Mm. Probably hence the twenty grandchildren, right, or whatever. But right. you know, those things are out there. Yeah. Um, 
probate records, probates are very important. Don't overlook those. Always go and look for them. Uh, now, not everybody has a probate filed. <clears throat> um, you know, in the United States, a lot of people do estate. Well, not a lot, unfortunately, but there are some people who do estate planning. So they could have had a will but never filed it. But go look for those last wills and testaments, guardianships of minors, next of kin lists, affidavit of heirs. Um, lots of good information there. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that people will not leave out their children. You know, again, How be looking, look, <laughs> look for who's not included. Look for who's included. Yeah. We know that back, you know, in the 19th century, uh, there, if a woman was married, it's more like her, her husband, her husband's, her husband's listed instead mm-hmm. of she. So you have to go and you have to go find yeah. that. Like you said, go find that marriage because you find that marriage, at least that you can prove that that's her father yeah. through, through yeah. the probate then. So, uh, but you may not always prove the, the maternal relationship because especially if the, fa- the father married multiple times because the women usually died first. Mm-hmm. So it, that could be a step-parent, a stepmother that's listed as the spouse. But those probates are super important. Um, the census records. Um, we know that, you know, not until 1880 do we have relationships within the family. Mm-hmm. But those aren't always reliable. I was going to say that they're not always reliable. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but those can, again, just help corroborate, you know, or can we can see, oh, my gosh, this is a discrepancy here. Yeah. Now I need to explain that discrepancy. I found something interesting, speaking of the um, census records, when I was researching the my family in Wales, going through some of their census, <laughs> looking for the, you know, for multiple mm-hmm. names, as we mentioned, you know, Mary Jones and... Robert Jones and all the families of Mary and Robert Jones. These people, when I'm watching, I'm looking at their dates, that they're Mm -hmm. listed as their birth date, and then their kids, and I'm like, this woman had to be 45 to have this child. What? Uh, Mm. Several Mm -hmm. cases Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. I was like, that does not Mm -hmm. sound right to me, but, you know... Either, either their the fertility lasted a long time, or, <laughs> or you need to be or, right. What's happening? Right. Or did, did somebody did, write the age down wrong? Or what, or did or did he marry two two women by, the, ha- by two yes. by Mary? He yes. married two women, two wives by name of Mary. So right, yes. which one is it? Yes. Again, things that you need to ask yourself. Don't just take. Is it, this? Possible? Don't assume. Don't assume and take it for granted. Mm-hmm. Bible records. We need to be looking for those. Um, it. Again, you're probably going to be more likely to find a transcription unless you can find the family mm-hmm. Bible floating around someplace in the family. But the Bible records are, are good, but they're only really good if there's a publication date. Mm-hmm. And it's contemporary with the information that the events it's recording. So that publication date, the title page mm-hmm. with the publication is super important. Make sure you get that. And then watch the handwriting as people mm-hmm. are, different people might be marking down different times right right and usually if you're trying to track down the, the family bible look for the oldest the oldest um, daughter first or the oldest son mm-hmm. um, because those the bibles usually went to the oldest and then kept passing on passing those on down yeah, that makes sense yeah um ss5s if you have you're looking for an ancestor um and they died after 1936 the ss5 social security applications those are digitized. You have to ask for them through Social Security Administration. Um, those are wonderful. There's a downside to it, though. The downside is ye, the individual has to be over 120 years old, or you must, or you, or you have to prove that they're dead to get their, to get the individual's um, application. But 
the reason that we're really trying to get, we, most of the time we really want this because we want to know the names of the parents that are written on it. It's self-reporting. You write your parent back, sure, back then. Yeah. You write your parents on it. But yeah. if the parents' um, dates of birth are not over 120 years, or you don't have proof that the parents are deceased, then they will redact the parents' names. Ouch. Unless the individual that you're asking about is over 100 years old. And this started in 1936. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. It's the government and they have silly rules, <sighs> in my opinion. Okay. However, um, but if you can get your, the SS5, um, I would highly recommend doing that. I think they cost $27. You can order them online mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. through Social Security. And it's self like I said, self-reporting. This individual is saying where they were born, the date of birth, mm-hmm. who their parents are, and where their parents are from I believe okay. so yeah so it's well worth it good information so, yeah yep. especially if you can't find it anywhere else yeah right so if all you know if, if all else fails um again you know you we've got deeds and land records that will also prove <laughs> we kinships love we love those cemetery records grave markers sometimes they say child of or mm-hmm. spouse of um those church records Mortality schedules, although those most of the time don't have the the parents named on them. Passenger lists, sometimes they'll say they're going to meet their father or mother or a sibling, or they've left them back in the old country, mother's Mm -hmm. back in the old country. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Divorce records, you know, if you can find divorce records, and people have been divorcing since they've been getting married, um, minor children are often listed in those, um, usually the divorce petitions. So that's a good place to start as well. So and naturalization papers. Naturalization papers. List, um, those are wonderful. Sometimes. They will then mm-hmm. they'll list all the children and when the children were born. Yeah. And where they were born. Where they're too. from. Where they came from. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's another good one as well. So we have to be exhaustive. We can't just stop with a, a birth record if we're lucky enough to have it. Um, but we really need to dig deep and make sure that all of those documents have all the same information. And if not, why? You know, I mean, we've had a lot of grandmas who have lied about their age or age, their ages either move around or they don't move yes. around at all. They stay the same age for yes. several decades. So, yeah. Or lying you know. about wedding dates. You know, I've got that in my family. So, right. I, you know, I, I just, I assumed my grandparents who lived all their entire lives in Fort Wayne, Indiana, got married in Fort Wayne. And then I wrote and I said, I want their marriage record. And they said, we don't have it. What? I know. <laughs> they went they drove an hour north and got married in Michigan. Yeah. You know? So we make assumptions about these things mm-hmm. and, um, you know, but our ancestors were rather inter- interesting and, and um, you know, had their own stories to tell. So we need to. I'm always amazed at how far people travel to do things too. Like you always think back then, oh, they're not going to go far, <laughs> you know? but they really do. Right. They go far. Yes. Um, moving or just to do something like that. You, you know? had an ancestor that you found out met they in went, Canada. Went to Canada. You had yep. you and then like, still lied about their marriage date, Co- even after. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So, exhaustive research. Make sure, go back over all your documents. Do you have everything? And does everything match? If it does, then you can move on to the next generation and start all over again. Yeah. So, until next time. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Please email us with any questions or comments at genealogyhappyhour at gmail.com. Visit our website, www.genealogyhappyhour.com, for additional resources, books, and wines. 
Don't forget to drink responsibly. And never drink around genealogical documents.